No, TD, nobody got hurt, and we're recording now, so that's good. That's a good introduction. Nobody got hurt in the making of this podcast, TD. Joe, everybody, this is a a special one because uh, we're not really doing a whole heck of a lot of football on this because we still got some time till the uh, Hawaii Bowl and we get ready for San Jose State, but I think it'd be apropos if the three of us kind of began the show tonight talking about, and I can't spell that word, TD, so just react to how I just said it. I can't write it down. But it's very I think it'd be appropriate, there you go, if maybe Joe, TD, and then me in that order kind of go through and just talk about some reflections of Coach Ellis, who, re- who stepped down today. It's December 6th. Um, it was one day after his birthday, by the way, too. Were you all aware of that? Yes. So right. he, yeah. uh, 70, stepped down today. 78. 78. 78. That's right. Yeah. So um, Joe... TD will go in that order. Just uh, maybe a few minutes, just some reflections about Coach Ellis and his impact in his career. Yeah, I certainly congratulate Coach Ellis on a great career. Just appreciative of what he's done at Coastal Carolina and for and for uh, college basketball in general. I'm getting a. I'm sorry, my daughter's handing me a knee wrap for my knee that's all messed up right this second. So, yeah, see you right there on camera. Now you can take a hike. Thank you for that. But anyway, appreciate Coach Allison, what he's done at Coastal. And, uh, yeah, today was kind of a bittersweet day to, to see him retire after, you know, 17 seasons at Coastal and 297 wins and, you know, all the things that he's done, 831 at the D1 level, a ninth all-time, retired as a winningest active coach. And, you know, just as, as you know, somebody in radio, I, did, I didn't call the games. You know, I think Chris Bergen could help me talk to this because Chris has been the, the long-time voice of coastal basketball you know coach was always gracious with his time with us i mean certainly more so with obviously more so with you know with, with chris because bergen works the you know game in and game out but on those rare occasions those few times that i got a chance to do some coastal men's basketball i mean he was always gracious with his time either before or after a game you know i mean even it didn't matter how the game turned out one loss whatever he'd come out and sit courtside and just you know like it's like you're just sitting at, at, at the house you know side by side just you know, shooting it, you know, shooting the, shooting the bull, whatever, you know, just talking about whatever. And he was always gracious with his time. And so I just you know, appreciate what he's done for coastal basketball, for coastal Carolina and his wife, Carolyn, their family. And, uh, you know, certainly wish them the best. And I certainly wish coach Moss, you know, Benny Moss is an A plus guy, long time assistant here. You know, he's going to get a chance here over the course of the last part of the season, still a long way to go in the year. And we ain't even got, haven't even gotten into conference play yet. You know, so Benny's got a chance here to kind of, figure some things out for this team and kind of see where we go for the rest of the year. But certainly thank coach you know, for all he's done and wish him all the best in retirement. Uh, he's certainly put, he's put, he's put the time in, you know, and, and he deserves to to go have a, a good retirement. And again, just thank you for all he's done. Yeah. Again, yeah, I saw, I watched the uh, press conference um, after it was recorded again. Uh, thank you to all our media members that listened to us. And thank you to the media members that were there. I know that was a good following. We had family and friends, that were in attendance. Uh, Matt told a, a pretty neat story about how he first met Coach Ellis uh, whenever Matt was broadcasting games, not only for Coastal, but for the Big South. And then, you know, when uh, Linear uh, TV with ESPN and um, uh, I think it was not Turner. It was somebody else. I can't remember. There was somebody else and Matt was doing some games for. And uh, that was when Coach Ellis was um, – he had finished coaching up, I believe, it. Auburn or Clemson, and then Auburn, he became yeah. the coach. It was at Auburn, and then he had a couple, three years. We just wanted to step away. He had he had success at Auburn, Clemson, and uh, and step away. And then um, he and Matt did a handful of games together, 
And uh, so 17 years here, 40 plus years in coaching, uh, leaves college basketball as the winningest coach in all of Division One history. Um, you know what a what a milestone there. I think it's what 900 plus wins, 900 plus wins. Um, won two Big South Conference championships back in 14 and 15. Uh, took us to uh, two memorable games there. Uh, one was memorable because we almost beat Virginia. If y'all remember that up in Raleigh, oh, yeah. 14. And then yeah. I was at that game. I was at that game. It was, I mean, we looked with two minutes to go in the game. We were up, and I mean, it was a dogfight. The final score, you know, I'm not one of those, you know, moral victory guys. And the final score was like eight or nine points, but it was truly like a bucket for bucket game until about a minute fifty something in the game, and then, you know, we kind of we we missed a bucket, they hit. We missed a bucket, they hit. And then we had to do the foul thing, and they made the front end of a bunch and, and so forth. So kids fought hard that day. And then we played um, <laughs> we played the Wisconsin team out like Oklahoma City or somewhere like that in Not 15. Omaha. Not in Omaha. Omaha, Not Omaha, thank you, there. Omaha. And uh, it was not in our favor that day, but that team was damn good. They made the final four. Matter of fact, that team played for the national championship that year. Wisconsin did. Sure did. Yeah, they were good, son. They were real good. Um, and uh, so wish, w- wish, know, wish they had won it when they played Duke for Pete's sake, but they didn't. They couldn't. Man, they couldn't beat Duke. What a That's ball game! That was Frank I mean, Kaminsky. They, they beat us by for twenty, Wisconsin. but that was yeah, right. That was. was Kaminsky and them. That's right. And uh, look, nothing to hang your head about. I mean, they blistered everybody right up until the national championship game. If you remember, even in the final four game, they beat whoever they played by like a dozen or 15 or something, which is, they, I don't they, say it's rare, but it just, it, it just doesn't happen in the final four. They, they beat an undefeated Kentucky that was the odds-on That's overwhelming right. favorite That's right. to win it that year. I mean, Kentucky so we had, were, I we mean, were they the were loaded. <laughs> we were not the only loaded. ones that they took They were it. undefeated going in that final four. Wisconsin beat them. Hey, I think they beat them by 12 or 13 or something like that. Like, they – if my memory serves me correct, they blew through the tournament until they lost to Duke. They blew through that tournament. Like, their margin of victory round by round was impressive. Well, the that the Kentucky said, game was close. The Kentucky game was close. Right. That, was, that went down right. to the end. I mean, they blew through the regional. But. That's right. They blew through everybody up until that national championship game. But that was a um, – he navigated us through the Big South and the Sun Belt. Um, had some memorable games where we beat Auburn and Clemson and, and a few others at home. South and, Carolina. Uh, <laughs> South Carolina at home. So, again, you know, it's um, for all the ups, there were some downs. For for every up and down, there was a sideways. But at the end of the day, look, you don't, you don't stay at uh, places like South Alabama, Clemson, Auburn, and Coastal for as long as he did and have a winning record at all four stops like he did uh, in Division One without doing something. Uh, without doing something well and uh, something I'm going to touch on later in this podcast that's going to tee up the next podcast that we do along with a blog entry my first one um can't there's wait. never the appropriate there's never the appropriate time but there is the most opportunistic time and I'll say this he touched on the transfer portal and he touched on NIL and I know those are very sensitive topics that people are scared to get into but I'll give him I'll give him an attaboy for saying the NCAA, um, state and national legislators need to if they if they truly care about student athletes if they truly care about the academic system and higher education, um, and they understand what's going on, they, there really needs to be some guardrails on NIL and the transfer portal. We've touched on it on here. Uh, we have our thoughts, but you know, there's never the appropriate time for some things like that. But there's 
there's an opportunistic time, and he knew he had a pretty sizable audience listening and watching today. And 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 I give him, I give him, I give him out a boy. He 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 made it a point to bring that up along with his friends and his family and and some some heavy hitter names during that press conference of people that influenced him and that he influenced. And uh, so that you know, you know, you get to looking back over a man's career like that. I, I it kind of reminds me. Um, and I'm not trying to put A and B together, but my dad's career in softball and 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 things like that. It just, you know, it, it was kind of neat. It was kind of neat. So I was just kind of making some notes, TD, while you and Joe both were talking, and I, I was thinking about this in my own basketball coaching career, and I look over Coach Ellis's win-loss record. Coach Ellis has won or lost more games than a lot of coaches have ever even coached in. That's just, yep. I mean, it's, his, his stats are remarkable. And I'm not trying to stretch it because he's got 909 wins as he's, you know, finishing up his career. I took a count, TD and Joe, while y'all were talking too. I just went to the Coach Ellis Wikipedia page, honestly. And in the years that he was at Coastal, we appeared in a postseason tournament at some point 10 different times while he was at Coastal. CIT, CBI, all those count. Two appearances in NCAA, a couple appearances in NIT. So, Coach Ellis got our teams to postseason play. You know, almost half the time he was here, as far as the postseason goes. And y'all were referencing some of those teams that made it to the tournament when they played Wisconsin and Virginia before that. TD, you were one hundred percent correct. They almost had Virginia for most of that game. That was almost the first sixteen upset of a one. That was mm-hmm. almost the that first was, yeah. one. I remember watching that. And my thoughts, because I usually watch basketball games very quietly. And as I'm watching that inside, I'm thinking, are we going to be the one who finally pulls that upset off? And TD, again, you were right on that, that up until I was the there, man, I watched it when they were hitting their free throws when we fouled them trying to stay in the ball game, it was nip yep. and tuck up until his last couple or three minutes. I think the final score was 7 to 59. I can look that up real quick, but I think that's kind of what I think it was. I think it was, a, I think it was 11 point, yeah, 11 point yeah. victory. But again, with like a minute 54, it wasn't but like a five point game. So, like, I remember, I remember on telling myself when we left, I looked at my wife, Kim and I went. I was like, we were two possessions, maybe it was six points. I said, we were, we were two possessions away under two minutes or something like yeah, that. So, I just, I was like, you know, that's that's something, man. And some of the names he talked about today, too, uh, I thought this was kind of neat, Joe and TD, also that in the 2013 to 2015 era of Coach Ellis at Coastal, Warren Gillis, his current assistant, was one of his starting guards, and he was one of the players on that roster that season. Mm-hmm. And Coach Moss was an assistant coach even way back then. So, you know, people are – I don't want to get into who's going to replace him, but I just – you know, those names are being talked about as far as people who carry the program forward. So we've got guys that are on staff now who have been around when Coastal – you know, I I don't want to say peak, but when we were playing some really, really, really good basketball in the uh, 2013 to 2016 era. And – Think about Coach Ellis. Says he's one stat that just kind of blows my mind too is he's got 170 wins at four different schools. Yep, That's another remarkable stat about Coach Ellis mm-hmm. and what he's done. And I'll say this: I'm kind of going to wrap my part up here. Is you, you get somebody like a Cliff Ellis who's got that winning pedigree of working in different places. He's worked in the SEC and the ACC, so he has seen a very high level of basketball. So. To me, if if I'm a youngster 
and Cliff Ellis is talking to me about, you know, my future and coming to play at the school. He has been in Joe, he's coached in the Dean Dome. He's coached sadly in, at Duke and been to some really good places too, like Kentucky and sadly. played those places too. So, <laughs> you know, he, he has seen basketball on its highest level. He has been successful on basketball's highest level. And I'm just really happy that Coach Ellis kind of got to do it his way, if you will, kind of go out. Last game he coached was a win. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But I just want to say congratulations and thank you for the for the time and service that he's put into our school that the three of us, we all love so much. And we're just appreciative of what Coach Cliff Ellis has brought to Coastal Carolina basketball. You know, he was a he was a UConn Tate George buzzer beater from going to the Elite Eight in 1992 at Clemson when he would have been matched up against Shashevsky and Duke for a spot in the Final Four. So he's kind of, you know, he, he's had a, a heck of a career. Then how about you, – you can't talk about him without the, talking about the West Virginia win a few years ago, right, 2019, going up there in the CBI, 109-91, to one of the most amazing games in coastal basketball history. Going into West Virginia, winning one hundred nine to ninety one. I mean, I was like, "What is going on up there?" They're filling it up. Devontae Jones was nuts in that game. So, congratulations to Coach Ellis on a great career. Joe, speaking of getting something filled up, if you're looking for something to fill up your cup, what's a good place to stop at? What's a good? Let me find my reader here, Joey. I got it right here in front of me, right here, my hot little hands. I'll tell you where you gotta go. Right, you gotta go to Hanley's Pub. CCU class of 2002, the official pub of the Strut Podcast, located in Carolina Forest. We will CCU at your local pub. Hanley's in Carolina Forest, 3873 Renee Drive, Myrtle Beach, phone 843-903-4904. Hanley's, the official pub of the Strut Podcast. Guys, we had a massive volleyball event happening last weekend, and TD, you kept telling me, and you're, you're saying this kind of with Joe, that I'm not the volleyball expert, and it's clear. So can you guys kind of talk to us a little bit about how we ended up with volleyball this year? I know what the result was. There were some awards given out, all that good stuff. Um, TD, can you take it for us here by, and take over a little bit of volleyball talk for us? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, unfortunately, the, girl, the girls played tough, man. They, play, they played tough. They played well against Western Kentucky. But, again, like we talked about, and Coach Lowe's, we talked about, you know, Western Kentucky has been a perennial tournament uh, participant the last 20 years, right? They're, they've been in the top 25 basically on and off, basically on and off the past 10 to 15 years, right? So this is not something new. They've got a coach that's been there, what was it, now like 20 years almost, I think 17, 20 years. And we just came up against a good program. We came up with one of the tougher regionals in the entire tournament, not because we were in it, but because – the overall slate of teams that was there, it was considered one of the toughest and has been one of the toughest. So coming out of that regional, unfortunately, we did. Uh, we lost to Western Kentucky. But coming out of that, Coach Lozwick was named the 2023 American Volleyball Coaches Association. So AVCA, you already have used that abbreviation, the AVCA, the American Volleyball Coaches Association, Southeast Regional Coach of the Year. They do that in eight regions. They do that for softball, baseball. They do that. So they will acknowledge a national coach of the year, Chile, and then they will acknowledge like a regional coach of the year, which is pretty cool because, again, it, it does give some honors like Coach Lowswick where he stepped in as an interim coach and, and coached a, a brilliant season. Jasmine was also named the AVA, AVCA Southeast Art – excuse me. Jasmine Reve was named to the AVCA Southeast All-Region along with – 
uh, Stout. She was also earned all-region honorable mention, which, in, in my opinion, is a, a little a bit of a joke, but she should have been there on the team. But uh, Reveille was one of 14 student-athletes from the region. Again, they received the honors. The Southeast region, mind you, makes up Tennessee, Florida, South Carolina, Missouri, and Kentucky when it comes to volleyball. Um, you know, it's the Shauna Clears finished with a 22-10 and 10 overall record. They were 14-2 and two in the Sun Belt Conference. Remember, they won the conference. Uh, we swept pretty much all the conference accolades as well. But uh, got a great team coming back, right? This team was not senior laden, right? We're very underclassmen laden. And then, you know, they go to if they can go and put a, a really good, solid recruiting class together again, you know, and retain some of those folks, make sure they don't hit the portal. And as from what I can tell, I haven't seen any announcements of anybody hitting the portal from volleyball. You know, they're really primed based on if Coach Loswick stays on, you know, there's still the opportunity. He may stay on as the dual head coach for sand and court volleyball. However, whoever comes in as the head coach for the volleyball team, Chili and Joe, they are going to be set up with a well-entrenched, well-established underclassman team that's got a ton of talent with a lot of ability returning and uh, could have another special year next year. So another reason to get the HTC Center uh, is uh, in the fall is, is with women's volleyball. Yeah, they had a great year, TD. That's a great wrap-up by you there. Uh, it it didn't take long to watch the Western Kentucky match to kind of figure out that West Kentucky team's good. I mean, we we hit some it's balls. Very senior, junior-laden, too. Well, man. They were, they were, they were, too. They were great defensively. They got to balls and dug balls off the ground. And, <laughs> you know, those were kills in, in, in Sunbelt competition against that team. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, not only did they dig them, I mean, they, they put them – I put them right to target. I mean, it was it was like, man, it's gonna be hard to get some you know stuff down. But I mean, it was still a great, great year for Coach Lowswick to step in the way he had to, and then the team that you just talked about going as far as they did, regular season tournament champs in the Sun Belt. Great year uh, for our ladies on volleyball. So congratulations to them. You know, it's you know, it's I tell you what, it's it's a, it's a fun sport to watch. So if you haven't, um. If you haven't had a chance to go watch them, do yourself a favor. Even look, even if you don't have a daughter, take your kids out there, man. It's a very, it's like basketball to talk about Coach Ellis, right? It, it's a game where, you know, it's indoors, so you don't have to worry about the weather, right? There's a bathroom nearby, right? And there's so much action going on with volleyball. And to be fair with you, the Sun Belt and Coach Loswick said it. The Sun Belt had. I think it was a total of six teams or seven teams inside the top 100, and we had four teams make the tournament, and all four teams were inside the top 50, including Coastal. Y'all, the, the Sun Belt in volleyball is very similar to the Sun Belt in baseball. They're a top five class conference. And, you know, we're going to talk about baseball later on after the new year, but the Sun Belt in volleyball is extremely good when you're not talking about the big ones, which are, as Joe knows, Chili, Big Ten, Pac-12, and really behind that, then you go um, SEC, and then, SEC, there's, yeah. then, then, mm-hmm. then, then it's right there. The Sun Belt's right there, man. I mean, legitimately, you don't have 14 schools and six or seven of them inside the top 100 consistently through the year. You have half your conference inside the top 100 RPI. You know, when about 200, I don't know, 70 or 80 schools play volleyball, that's, that's pretty daggum good, man. That's pretty daggum good. And we had four teams make the tournament this time around too, which is really, really awesome for, like you were saying, TD, I think that's a really good point about for people who are like me that are still learning about college volleyball and where the, the, the power teams are that um, 
a conference like ours, which I think what you said is from what I'm learning about it is really accurate. How this is a, you know, as good a conference as anybody else's once you take away like the, the ones who are always going to be dominant. You said the Pac 12, Big 10, pretty much are the two. Pac 12 and Big 10, have, they, they have dominated volleyball for some. Joe, go ahead. Yeah, they've done. And well, and, and the SEC too. I mean, the SEC's got some really good teams at the top. Kill, I mean, we were talking about this. You're talking about like, the Nebraska's, I mean, Nebraska Wisconsin. held out Wisconsin. Like Nebraska held the first outdoor court volleyball, women's volleyball. It, it was nationally televised. Some like 71,000 people came to this game, right? Let that sink in. Like 71,000 people were at a volleyball game that was put inside the football Stadium, that, that Nebraska. Right? Yeah, they position. They they position uh, Memorial Stadium. They position the entire court in the very center of the field. They put uh, seats and stands on the field, and then seventy one. They almost filled that place up. It was like ninety four percent capacity. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. Like, and the thing about it is, when you go watch, and not to go long winded, but it's kind of cool. I'm I'm really bragging about our program because I'm telling you, man, to be in the top fifty is not easy. When the top fifty is going to be dominated by pretty much three-fourths of the Pac-12, three-fourths of the Big Ten, three-fourths of the SEC, and then about a half of the Big 12. Because with Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC in, in sports, dude, Texas and Oklahoma are damn good in women's volleyball, man. I mean, really freaking good. I mean, it is like world-class good. Yeah, and what you're saying, I'm looking at the bracket as you're talking just to kind of get, a, again, a better handle for me. And what you're saying, TD, is 100% true as you go through and look at the bracket about who has advanced now to the Sweet 16. I guess they call it third round yeah. in volleyball. But um, as as far as those teams that have made it that far, I mean, you go through it, it, it is literally the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the ACC, and throw in a couple of you know, smaller conferences in there. I see Creighton is still alive. Um that's really about it as far as the ones who are non those conferences, if you will. So, I mean, and I'm looking at yep. the next round after we played Western Kentucky, Western Kentucky had Tennessee an SEC team and Tennessee beat them three, nothing. And it like, it was pretty easy for Tennessee to beat Western Kentucky. So that gives you some perspective as a foot, you know, there's still a lot of growth. And yep. I think you made a really good point about like just what we have coming back and what that nucleus is that we can keep building on that youth and, and kind of get better and better and better. If you, you know, keep recruiting and that kind of thing, I think, and the interest is growing too. Our volleyball show has increased in numbers since the tournament ended. So I think there's a thirst out there for people learning more about volleyball, like me, for example, that wants to know more about it so we can be better supporters. I, I'm excited, man. Cause here's, here's the thing about volleyball. The one thing I appreciate about volleyball, uh, this is a total dad moment, but, uh, there's no rainouts. Doesn't matter how hot it is. Doesn't matter how cold it is, Joe. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's always going to be 72 in that gym. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about like alternative plans and, you know, it's going to be 49 <clears throat> and misting and raining. <laughs> well, there, there, there are some gyms that are colder than others. They keep some of these right. convention centers kind of like you're walking into a meat locker. It's like you can hang meat yeah. up in this place. It's cold in some of these gyms. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, just bring your earplugs, get ready for some whistles and some volleyballs flying all over the place when you're going to club yeah, volleyball. Man. You might get hit in the head yeah. if you're not looking. Yeah. We can talk about it all day, but it's look, it's a. will say this. We, we always we're going to try to do like we talked about integrate other sports like volleyball soccer again we've talked on it sunbelt soccer is the number one let that sink in the number one men's soccer conference 
in America. In America. That's, that's, I mean, that's just, that's nuts to say. Anyways, I think it's cool. So, give us some hoops, Chili. Well, I'm, I'm, um, or, or we got a seg coming up. I'm, I'm waiting on a seg, and I think it's from the, from the Nexus who wears an octopus on his head from time to time. <laughs> Don't know why. I'm, I'm seeing, oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. See, when I put this <laughs> on my head, <laughs> look who missed. Look I, who I'll tell you this too. I, I, I'll tell you this too. I, I have had, I've had some knee problems lately. I have this uh, octopus on my head that kind of hurt my back and I hurt my knee seriously enough to, <laughs> that I needed an MRI, believe it or not, a couple of days ago. But anyway, when I have problems well, you like see that, Joe, you better go uh, see our man. Well, I, I, I said, you better go see our man. Well, I mean, who, who do I need to see for these kinds of problems? Joe, if it's your what. knee issue, then I think you need to go see Dr. David Turner, Coastal Class of 97 Damn. of Impact Chiropractic. There he is. That's it. Practicing in Conway for 20 years, Dr. Turner believes in a proactive wellness-based approach to achieving optimal health and function for the entire family. At Impact Chiropractic, Joe, we work hard to grow healthy kids rather than fix damaged adults. Your knee is damaged. 210 Singleton yeah, Road in Conway, impactchiro.com. Joe, you can call him and make an appointment for your back, your knee, your neck, because that octopus is on your head. That phone call is 843-347-9103. And Joe, if you go, I dare you to walk in with that octopus on your head and say, hey, can you help Little Nexus too? <laughs> Little Nexus. <laughs> Man, I tell you what. Well, uh, Tegan, Bra uh, Tegan Brown, uh, Little Nexus. Uh, I, like, I uh, <laughs> a random picture of a teal of, of a teal octopus turns into an all out now, you know, trophy for uh, for the end of the year. But that's all right, though, because let me tell you something. I'm going to get after somebody's backside on that bowl uh, on those bowl Listen, picks. Look, let me tell you something. Hey, speaking of that, Chili, how many total yeah. participants do we have? TD, I Seriously. am so glad you asked me. That wasn't even a segue. And I'll be honest with you. I'm about zero. Zero segue. I'm not, it was zero it was segue. perfect. It, I mean, you can it's hear the show way. chemistry, Joe, as we talk about bowl pick them and getting ready for that. TD, I'm going to cue you up to talk about what could be possible for the winner, maybe. I don't know if you want to talk about that here, but I'll tell I'll say this. We have yeah, had entrance. We have had entrance into our bowl pick them so far. And right now, believe it or not, we're at 60 people as we sit here right now. So we've That's got awesome, 60 man. entries so far. And what's really, really cool about this is you know, we shared out the links so people could join it. And this is a real quick plug for you. If you'll indulge me for a second, guys, 60 people have already joined and we've got people who are people who are supporters of JMU. We've got some app state people in this thing. We've got a lot of coastal people, obviously, but we've also got you know, mm -hmm. Tegan Brown's involved. We've got some other people in the media, some other podcasts that are uh, followers. Yeah, I think Andrew Dockery, Andrew Dockery's in there. Yep. I think he's in it too. Yep. Yeah. So we've got a lot of people in this thing. And honestly, we want to be able to connect with fans. We love hearing from y'all and this kind of stuff. This is one more way we like to reach out and hear from y'all. So at this point, we've got 60. I tell you what, guys, I, I would love to have 100 people in this even. And Joe, at your request, we shouldn't give Joe request. But Joe, you get this request. I decided not to use uh, confidence points. And we're just picking straight up winners. So if you're the kind of person who wants an easier way to have a path to a victory, <laughs> this is what you uh what you get td you I just some bitterness the there <laughs> oh no 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 no, no. hey i'm excited a little bitterness 
<laughs> hey, what's what's at stake here is, um, you know, at the end of this thing, we'll uh, we'll we'll have a winner or two, and what we'll do is we'll uh, we're going to give away some of our hats again. Uh, Bob Baldwin, who I know we're going to plug on later, but Bob Baldwin and Coastal Marketing, we've got some new Ghost Digital hats uh, coming to us Friday. I pick those up Friday for them ahead of uh, Christmas. So if you're thinking about a stocking stuffer for your your loved one, your your strutty at home. For he or she that listen, we still are going to have the Heather Gray, the Black, and now the Ghost Digital, along with our Fitness Tech Tank. So, um, real excited about having those. I'll, I'll tweet out a picture or Facebook. We'll put a, a social media drop on uh, in the, between now and, and and next week on on that. If again you can Venmo us that, I'll put that out. But uh, the winner will get their choice of two of those hats. Um, and if it's a lady, she can get a Tech Tank, uh, gentlemen. We don't have a picture. We don't have a. We don't have a T-shirt for you yet. But that may be. Uh, that may be something that I can talk to Bob about doing. Is maybe doing some hoodies or something. I don't know. But um, we'll figure something out. But definitely, you'll get some merch from the uh, Strut Podcast. Whoever the winner or winners are, because there may be some ties. Chill. How does that work? If we got a tie on total victories, we're going to do margin of victory in the national championship game. Is that usually what it boils down it, to? Right. It, it asks for total points in the um, total combined gotcha. points in the championship game. I'm going to read some of these names out of the entries, and we'll we'll leave this topic after this. I just want to see if y'all can guess who these people are. One entry is Beer Bat Bravado. Anybody want to guess who that one might be? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with one Brian Michael Quigley. I don't know his middle name. I'm just going Mike. He seems like Michael's Michael. good. Like Brian Quigley. Brian. I do want to give a shout Michael out to the person Quigley. who gave their uh, their pick set. Joe, you'll like this one. Kurt Signetti's cell phone has joined us in the uh, <laughs> the bowl pick em. Let me see. I got a couple I more it. I want to point out because these are some really, really good names. There's I one guy. Signetti's cell phone joining us, even though he's in Indiana now, along with half his football hey, did team. I, did I see where Michael Too Clutch of JMU? Did I see yes. that? Where, is yes. He, yes. Is he, yep. yep. Mike, Mike said, look, Mike and I had a little banter back and forth on Twitter. It was very respectful. We were data-driven. And, and you know what? I uh, got a lot of respect for Mike, and they're doing a great podcast there. So, um, you know, they cover JMU. And, uh, again, the rivalry will continue to build once we get off the schneid of the last two losses. But uh, they, I give them credit, man. Look, you got to give credit credit to They do a solid podcast up there as well for JMU. Um, two more names I want to shout out real quick, and we'll move to uh, some basketball news. Um, this was a great one. Connor Stallion's tickets has entered the bowl pick'em. And, TD, my least favorite name. Because it just it gets under my skin. It's it's called Nexus owns Chili and TD. I don't know who that could be, but he's giggling that's mighty some, hard right now. That's some that's some that's man. That's like that look. That's tough. That's, like that's, tough. that's a tough name. Hey. Isn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go to work. I'm ready to go to work. I'm ready to go hey, to work. Like Nexus. Like like my co- like my old high school coach used to say. Hey, the postseason is the new season. We're gonna own it. Let's go. So guess what, Joe? <laughs> you, you, look, hey, you could be a you could be a you could, you could be a five o'clock hitter for 12 weeks during the season, but now right. is when it matters. Now right, is when I'm it matters. I'm, I'm, I'm taking receipts, TD. I'm getting all the receipts for this. <laughs> Joe's uh, you're about to well, become the Florida State of this pick'em challenge. Oh no, We're don't do that, man. They got people, they got people mm-hmm. bailing left and right into the portal now that they can't play in a game. Them oh my gosh! Well, see, that's the problem with the bowl season. Everybody's uh, got that man. problem. So how do you how do you hey, even can we, evaluate these games? Hey, can, can I take can I take just just seriously like twenty seconds and just touch on that real quick? 
Gee, no, we hey, got to move on, man. We got to move. I know, man. Like, hey, 20 seconds. Look, I want to touch you on never this. take Brian 20 Quigley. seconds on anything. Let's go. Hey, clock me right now. Clock me. Brian Quigley, great job posting a video. Take a no pun intended collective breath on NIL and on the portal. Because if you think our portal season's bad, go look at JMU's. Michael, if Michael Too Clutch, if you listen to this podcast, which I know you sometimes, they, they've lost nine or ten ball players that every single one of them started and every single one of them were impactful. That's all I'm going to say. That was 17 seconds. But, hey, it's – That's a record. That's a record. Hey, but Joe, Joe, sincerely, Joe Achille, y'all have seen some of the things that some of our opponents or member schools have faced. They've got some real vital people, man, that have hit. I'm not going to go into all of it, but we, we've lost some crucial ones. But, man, there's one or two teams. We're going yeah, to rebuild, though. We're, we're, we're going to be do okay. what we did last we're gonna year. We, be lost okay. key guy, we lost key guys last we're year. Gonna and we, be brought, okay. we brought a whole bunch of guys in. I mean, that, and that's, that's, right. how the, that's the way of the world now. That's how this thing works. We're going to lose guys, and that's we're going right. to pick up guys. Yep. Period. You're going to have a core. You're going to have a core of high school and junior college guys. And then that's, and that's something Cliff talked about. To tie that in, that's something Cliff talked about is he got to a intersection, basically, my words, not his, of the portal and NIL, and, 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 and he wants to now be a consultant to the program to see how he could better help the program and or the university in those two areas for the betterment of, of, of the program. So, you know what? I- acknowledging that his words were, I met a challenge I could not be victorious in. That takes a lot of a person, a human being, to do that. That's done a career like he's had. So for someone like that to acknowledge it, good, bad, and different, whether you like him, love him, or leave him, whatever, the fact that he acknowledged that publicly, that tells you how hard it's really impacting the landscape of college athletics. That's all I want to touch on that with right now. Speaking of basketball, let's go ladies first. Uh, right now, our ladies basketball team sits at four and five. And we've uh, we beat. Let me back up one second. Excuse me. We beat UNCW on the 26th of November, but since then the girls have lost three straight to UNCG at Greensboro, mm-hmm. uh, six yep. point game should, there. Back should have won that Conway. game. What's that? Should have won that game. We had a chance to yeah. win that game. We should have won that game. And back home against College of Charleston, lost in overtime, 84-83. Today on the sixth, should, they were at Tuscaloosa, that game too. and they lost to the the. Sorry, the Crimson Tide, 88-46. Uh, one name I want to make for, make everybody familiar with, Deja Richardson. She's the current leading scorer for our women's team. She's averaging around 17 points per game. And I think it's kind of good, guys, that we can take this chance to kind of talk about some of these teams and just you know the contribution. Your leading rebounder for our ladies is Alancia Ramsey, about 8.9 boards per game. And our leading assist is is Aaron Freeman. She's averaging about 2.1 assists per game for the ladies. Um, they're on a three-game losing streak, but they're going to be back home on Sunday, December 10th. They are hosting UNC Pembroke, and that tip-off will be at 2 o'clock on Sunday as they take on UNCP. I think they're the, the Braves, if I'm not mistaken. That's their, that's their mascot. So if you're in Conway Sunday, Two o'clock, ladies take on UNC Pembroke at two o'clock, HTC Center. Our men on the other side won their last one out on Monday over St. Andrews, 110 to 46. And some, some names I want to share with you guys as far as hoops goes. Our leading scorer so far, Jacob Meyer at 13.5 per game. We got Colin Blackman at 13.4 games. So we've got about three or four guys who are averaging double digits. We're scoring a lot of points. 
just before the St. Andrews win, we dropped a close one at home to Winthrop, 90-87. And before that one, overtime victory over USC Upstate, 72-70. Leading rebounder for the shots, John Ajako. I hope I didn't say that wrong. 9.9 points per game, 9.9 rebounds per game. And our leading assist is Henry Abraham. If y'all have not seen the men play, Henry Abraham is all about hustle. He's averaging almost three assists per game. He's that guy you see in the open court when the ball's kind of going everywhere. It's kind of a messy kind of play. Henry Abraham usually is in the middle of that. He's trying to get it straight and he's dishing it off very well. We've put up a lot of points and he's got almost three assists per game. Your men will be at home. Oh, sorry, they're on the road. Nope, they're at home. My bad, guys. Saturday, December 9th, they are at home at 2 o'clock facing Wofford. So that's where we are with men's and women's basketball so far. And, guys, I know we've talked about this on the show before. As we get further along in the basketball and the football bowl season kind of parallels with each other, we'll be able to share more out about basketball and stuff, but we're kind of tipping that off. Joe, you had something. Yeah, no, actually, I'm trying to scroll up. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'm just trying to scroll. I was about to – I thought you were in class. I was, you had your hand raised. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Um, so I'll, I'll offer this real quick if, if go I ahead, can. Team. Our women's team, I'll give them credit, man. Uh, Coach Pedersen, is, is, when he first got here, um, he, he retooled the early season schedule last year and definitely this year. I mean, our ladies are playing Kentucky, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama – I mean, they're not – they're playing a few other peer schools and maybe like a Division II school because you got to have that game to, to tune up. But they're not playing a shabby – like, uh, I won't say preset. They're not playing a shabby first third of their schedule or what I like to call a holiday schedule because they really get going, you know, between Thanksgiving and, and, and New Year's until they hit conference schedule typically and historically after New Year's. But they're, they're not playing like a, a walk in the park cape early season schedule as far as the women's like so they're they're going to take some lumps early which is going to make them better in the end um and men's basketball i'm interested to see uh you know um benny made a comment he goes look you know uh you know the, some of these freshman sophomores are gonna are gonna hit their stride probably in january and and, and they're real excited about that so we'll see man they to be fair look not a candy coat it um, I think he said it. They've underperformed what expectations were, and their expectations to win the conference are still out there. We'll see. You know, that's um, that's something where Benny made made a point that they play Wofford Saturday and Chili Crap. If I'm wrong, I think he said there's nine days between that game and the next game, and in that nine day period is going to be um, where some new integration of uh, philosophy. And it's not going to be a hard pivot of philosophy on offense and defense and transition, but there's going to be some implementation, integration of some new approaches to offense, defense, and, and how we uh, – our transition game. So that was something he had touched on, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm paraphrasing from, from the uh, the presser today. So interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what this team looks like because with Coach Ellis not calling certain – he's not he's not within the game dynamic, right, and how he would – call a game and you two guys are the basketball guys, that's going to change the things, right? People, how are people going to game plan for a Cliff Ellis led team versus a Benny Moss led team, right? So there's going to be some, some interesting dynamic change there. So that'll be fun to watch and see what that looks yeah, like. And you'll have to get used to how you use your personnel differently too, because if you got Benny Moss at the helm and he's looking for a different result in a different situation, you might have to get used to if you're our opponents coming up, 
you go look at film, you get an idea of who the personnel is and where we're going to for our points or who's getting the rebounds, that kind of stuff, and how we're going by getting it. But, Joe, I know you know this too, is like we got a different guy at the helm, so he may be looking for a different result by using a different player in a different place, calling a different set, those That's kind right. of things. Those are all going to change going forward, which is going to be a good thing because we do have Wofford coming up on Saturday. That's going to be on ESPN Plus, by the way, but you need to go to HEC Center. And then the next game, TD is nine days later on December 18th, and that's going to be down here at the College of Charleston. Yep. I will be in attendance yep. at that game. So I'm looking forward to seeing that in person because CFC is a good ball team, and it's going to be a good test for Coach Moss after yeah. his second matchup. So is Wofford. One of our first Those true Wofford, road man. matchups. Yeah, Wofford's very, very good. Too. Wofford's a good team, man. They've been in and out of tournament the last few years, and and it's um, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to say. I don't want to overstate this. It's not a Jamie Chadwell to to Tim Beck change, but there's definitely going to be a pivot with how Benny coaches a game versus how Cliff would coach a game. So, yep. the opposing team is going to have to. They, they may have to change some things up based on, okay, you know, how is Benny going to do this versus – I don't know if he's going to do a lot of it in the first game versus Walford, but it will be interesting. In that nine-day period leading up to the College Charleston game, what pivots, changes in the offense, defense, and transition game he implements and or takes out. Maybe he says, hey, man, we're not going to do this anymore. Not because he didn't like it, love to leave it. Maybe he just don't want to do it because, like you said, that's not maybe his approach, what he wants to do the rest of the year. and. And for those who don't realize, it is his team. It is not Cliff Ellis calling the plays or or anything like that from home, right? He's not armchair quarterback in this thing. It is it's Benny's team. They made that abundantly clear towards the end of the press conference and then the uh, post press conference uh, Q and A time. So it's his team to 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 ride and drive with. So. TD, speaking of good teams, who's a good team we need to go to when it comes to our real estate needs? If we're covering a lot of ground like the Shantz basketball teams are covering as they travel about the, the countryside. I tell you what, I tell you who I'd go to and, and somebody who is a he's he's a big CCU fan, but he loves basketball as well, loves football, loves baseball. But uh Dan Sign at Dan Sign Realty, Dune Drilly, excuse me, Dan Sign of Dune Drilly sales, real estate done right. Dan is a, a member of the class of two thousand and one, located down there on one twenty eight Atlantic Avenue in Garden City. You can find Dan at www. I can't not talk tonight, gentlemen, because it is cold out here on this porch, man. www.dansignrealtor.com. Again, toll free 888-889-9312. Again, if you want your podcast done right, you leave it to Chili and Joe. But if you want real estate done right, you go to Dan Sign at Dunes Realty Sales. Again, down there in Garden City. Dan, thank you so much for your support. Appreciate that. And uh, to all our supporters, again, hey, I'll take this opportunity. If you want to be a friend and supporter of the, the Strut Podcast and our growing platform where we're covering football, basketball, baseball, and integrating the other Olympic uh, and international sports into what we're doing, look, give us a call, give us a text, hit us up on social media, be it Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, or shoot us a text if you know us personally. Let us know because, look, we've the, the more the merrier, again, for us, we want to make sure that we are very alumni and or CCU-centric with our friends or supporters of the show because the better we do, the better you do, and vice versa. Again, it's it's one Sean Claire helping another through this podcast. But, um, you know, Gilly, what's next, man? So we're going to hit the last block of what we're going to cover tonight. Now we're going to look at what we talked about, kind of like a bowl snapshot as we head toward the Hawaii yep. Bowl. Joe, I'm going to turn this part over to you. So I know you said you had some notes on and talking about Joe, is it the Hawaii? Hawaii, Hawaii, 
Bowl. Those are the is it the Hawaii Hawaii the Hawaii Bowl? Hawaii Bowl. The, Hawaii the easy post Hawaii Bowl. <laughs> Set for December the 23rd at 10:30 Eastern a 5:30 start out in Hawaii. San Jose the State time is the right time, Joe. I'll tell you what. This will be the well, so we so we start the year doing that same thing at UCLA with a 10:30 Eastern start, 7:30 out in Los Angeles. I mean, it was yeah, we've been to Los Angeles, we've been to Arkansas, we've been to Virginia, we've been to Georgia, to New York, and now out to Hawaii. It's been one heck of a year <laughs> yeah, for the Shawna Clears football team. Traveling all over the place. Just a real quick snapshot. San Jose State in the Mountain West Conference, they started 1-5 and five this season, won their last mm -hmm. six. So they come yeah. in very hot. They finished in a three-way tie for the Mountain West Championship. However, due to the, the weird computer pole tiebreaker, they didn't play in the championship game. They got left out of that thing, even though, you know, it was it was um, UNLV and Boise State, even though San Jose State beat UNLV in the last game of the year. UNLV wound up Good. against Boise State uh, in the championship game due to the polls, the conglomeration of polls that gave those two teams the edge over San Jose State. So they'll come in with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Uh, their quarterback, Shevin Cordero, is really good. He's a Hawaii kid. Right, so he's going to be playing right there where he used to play. This is the second time that San Jose State has played in Hawaii out there at the T at the Clarence T C Ching Athletic Complex this season. They beat Hawaii like a drum earlier this year, so that'll be their second trip out there. Uh, it'll be a good challenge for us. You know, obviously it's a good team again, it's a really good football team. So that's just a real quick snapshot, quick thirty thousand view, <clears throat> excuse me, thirty thousand foot overview of what we're gonna. What we're going to see on December the 23rd. So looking forward to the trip. It's going to be a fun few days out there. I know some details about it. Don't really want to get into that right yet. Um, but it, it's it got a lot of fun stuff planned for the team. And uh, hopefully we're going to have a radio special on WRNN at some point out there that week. And, uh, you know, again, more to come. We'll get more into San Jose State as we get closer to it. But it should be a fun trip. Looking forward to it. Hey, Joe. Um, one of our listeners and um, – folks asked if we could potentially get some i know we were maybe starting to work on that maybe kind of sort of any way that you think that if we cannot get the coastal equipment guys on that maybe we could get some of those logistics or is that what you were talking about working on because that would be interesting to to just listen to what it's going to take to go from conway to la to hawaii hawaii <laughs> with regards to the equipment and the team i mean that that to me I can't remember who it was. So forgive me. Uh, I could know better. We should always, when you when you when you have listener engagement, you should always make a note of that. But whoever it was, they said they looked. They tweeted at us and said, "Hey guys, can we find out more about um, what the logistics are around that?" So maybe we can work on that for next week. Maybe if we just get a Cliff Notes version or something like that, maybe have one of those guys on or something. I don't know. Just kind of thinking out loud here. I do know that I do know that equipment's going to have to be put on pallets to get out there. Obviously, I don't know that you're going to be able to drive that truck six thousand miles across the Pacific, but somehow, hazard it and kind of take off. You might be able to make it. Right? Somehow or another, though, I heard maybe the truck can get there. I don't know. Maybe they put it on the maybe they put it on the love boat with Captain Stubing and then send that thing across there. I don't know. I don't know all the ins and outs, but I'll, I will look into that and just see if what we can. Yeah, see what we can talk I think about. It will, pretty it, will, cool, man. it will certainly take, you know, whatever it takes to get out there it will certainly be fascinating to find out. Obviously, teams have to do it all the time, right? You know, football season, traveling teams that go out there have to figure out a way right. to get their stuff out there and back. Should be an interesting story. Hopefully, we get to tell it. Yep. 
Joe, if you're looking for other interesting stories to get out there and you're looking to kind of market what you're trying to get out to people, can you recommend somebody for TD? Because he's trying to market the fact that he might have a chance Ooh. to beat you in the bowl pick for example. Who would you ask to kind of get that word out in, in terms of marketing? So you're saying, you're saying there's a chance. That's it. That there is no one better to talk to about marketing than Bob Baldwin, CCU class of 2011. When you think coastal and your marketing needs, think coastal marketing. Go see Bob Baldwin at Coastal Marketing. Coastal Marketing is the official merchandise supporter of the Strut Podcast, 475 Sandy Lane, Suite A, Surfside Beach, 29575. Call them at 843-349-4848. www.coastalmarketinggraphics.com. Bob Baldwin, when you think coastal and your marketing needs, think coastal marketing beautiful uh some last polls some things and then we'll wrap this thing up uh we asked a question on our strut podcast twitter or x whatever we're calling it how do we feel about this year's ncaa playoff teams 27 percent said they nailed it 48 percent said poor fsu 14 percent said we needed georgia and then 11 percent had other and had a few comments and i'm not going to read those next poll question should jmu appeal not being in the college football playoffs. Your choices were yes at 22%, and then they haven't already at 78%. Last poll I have funny, to share with you. I like that. That was funny. Just, that was funny. This kind of came to me. Um, last one funny. was, how do we root for Sunbelt teams this bowl season? And this is going to affect This was Joe, good too, you, man. This is going to affect good. you, Joe. This is going to affect how you pick your teams, TD. we got to keep our eye on Joe because he's kind of looking around like we don't recognize him. But here we go. Your your choices were uh, all Sunbelt Conference. 52% people said that one. I was kind of surprised at that. Only Watch Coastal, 26%. All But Blank at 17%. And then they uh, listed some teams in comments there. And I'll be honest with you, y'all know who we really are not going to pull for is JMU and Appalachian State. That was the overwhelming two teams that nobody's going to pull for. And then I was in the 5% of people who voted just want to beat Nexus. <laughs> He's got the best I was part, in look, business. As, part of, <laughs> as much as I'd love to see App State and JMU and Arc State lose just for the variety of reasons we have reasoning behind all those, a 12-0 Sun Belt justifies – so much, right? I mean, it's very self-explanatory. You know, a 12-0 Sun Belt, um, it just it, it speaks volumes. You know, it, let me ask this quick question before we get off. What would a – what is the number, what is the watermark that the Sun Belt has to hit to justify us saying that we're a top four and or top five conference That's a good year? poll question. That's a good poll question. What is that number? That's okay. That's that's the other thing, and that's okay. oh, I got Joe, I got Joe squirming in the chair there. He's like, well, you know, he, he, a real real fast. I'm not gonna. This bowl, guys have opt. I mean, is this the same JMU team that we saw? Is, is the is the one in the bowl game going to be the same one that we saw? If their quarterback right. doesn't play, if those two top defend, well, obviously Jalen Green's out for the year, but Carpenter just three linebackers. Ball. I mean, I, I, we're we're not even talking same teams in a lot of these in a lot of these instances, right? A lot of these both teams are, are. I don't. Even, I'm not sure who 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 we are taking and playing I, at this point. I really don't. I mean, some guys have opted in through the you know they they they've gotten in the portal. Are they going to opt out of the game? But they got to go. 
I mean, it's hard to get a read on these bowl games and really get a good evaluation. Is this really a good evaluation? Is this the team that we saw during the season? A lot of these teams, no, it's not. I mean, USC, Caleb Williams, he's gone, you know, and that's just one of a, a whole bunch of teams that you don't even know who's going to play for these teams. It's, it's like a crapshoot, man. It's like, you know, so if, if I lose, it's going to be because all these bowl teams don't have their oh. players playing. So, I mean, when I, if, if by chance, if by chance oh. that I don't beat you guys, if oh, by the, oh, Jesus you know, chance that I don't man. beat you guys, and say, I'm going to blame all these teams and all these players that opt out and they're not the same. So, there, there you have it. And, Joe, I'm really going to feel badly for you, but, D.D., <laughs> if Joe finds I, himself I you, falling behind, what can you recommend Joe go out and do to let out his lack of picking? I got, I got the perfect place. i tell you what. <laughs> Joe can literally play putt-putt here in Myrtle Beach at, i tell you what, at a number of great places. But one that I personally think that he should play at is going to be Shipwreck Island Adventure Golf because that way when he goes to Hawaii – he could also go out there and maybe play a golf course near a shipwreck. But I tell you what, while you're here in Myrtle, and if you're going to be at the basketball game Saturday, you're going to be at the Conway Christmas Parade before the women's basket or a men's basketball game Saturday, or any time that you're in town for any athletic or academic event, if you don't go by one of the Myrtle Beach Family Golf and Adventure locations, you're doing yourself and your kids an injustice, y'all. Look, hey. Myrtle Beach Family Golf is operated and managed by Coastal Alumni. Golf fun for everyone. They have four mini golf facilities and a driving range, which Joe, uh, you know, I find it interesting, Captain Hook's Adventure Golf. They, it should be Captain Joe Hook's Adventure Golf. But Captain Hook's Adventure Golf, Jungle Safari, Jurassic Golf, Shipwreck, Hawaii Adventure Island Golf, and Cane Patch Driving Range. So, again, Cane Patch Driving Range, thankfully, they are facing away from the beach and away from very high-end property. So, when Joe and I go there, we slice and hook them into the nets, and then that way we don't harm anybody. But, again, hey, thank you to Murphy's Family Golf, operated and managed by Coastal Alumni up and down that operating structure. We're very appreciative of what they do for the show. But, again, hey, all seriousness, we take our kids there in the summertime. Uh, they do a great job, family fun for everyone with uh, mini golf. Uh, still, I, I think I've got the overall record versus my wife, like 27 to 12, something like that. So That number changed from the last time you said that to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, somehow or another that thing was different <laughs> last Six time more I wins. Heard. She must have heard the show. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, when, oh, you're, when, you're, when you're like me, though, they're all taking shots at you. When you're on top, they're all oh. taking a shot at you. Joe like has me. become the Kurt Signetti of our pick segment. <laughs> oh, and see, y'all talking about pulling against JMU. I have nothing against JMU now that Signetti's gone. They're, 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 there's no reason for me to, to you know totally despise those people. I don't really I care what they do in their bowl game. I don't like anybody. I care less. No. I like hey, you know, as like much as as much as you know, as much as we hate each other during the season, a twelve and zero Sun Belt man would be pretty cool. It would Just be saying. cool. I, I, that I agree with you on. Now, that it's not. It's not. Is, is it likely? Is, is it likely? No. no. But you know. But I'll tell you something. I'll say the number. You get about nine wins of twelve, eight, eight, eight or nine wins. Like if the if the belt goes eight and four, nine or or not eight and nine wins or better. Let me tell you something. It really sets the conference up for a perception next year. And if it doesn't, then, you know, we'll just ask Georgia and Florida State to come to the conference because, you know, they're not going to make the playoff either. So why not just come no. and join the Sun Belt? I say, I say six and six is what the Sun Belt will go. I think I say six and six. Oh, well, look Joe. for a poll question because it's going to be out there on Twitter Ooh. pretty soon. That's going to be six. Okay. All right, guys, we're going to land Gentlemen. this plane. Let's do a shots up. Let's do it. Shots, shots up. up.
Have a great weekend.